What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's January 23, 2023, and this is Lift and Learn episode 112. In this episode, I'll talk about what supplements you should be taking. And no, the answer isn't taking the best test booster out there. So I'll talk about the best supplements for most people. And in the second topic, I'll talk about why being too strict when it comes to your health can actually be a bad thing and could lead to negative health problems. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. One of the best ways to consistently make gains for this whole year, for all of 2023, is to pace yourself. Pace yourself, take your time if you want to make long-term gains. A lot of people are just focused on sprinting to their end goals, like, okay, if I diet for this month, I'll lose this 20 pounds and keep it off for the rest of the year. In reality, they might lose up to 10 pounds the first month doing some unnecessary diet or doing just way too much cardio. They'll be happy, and I'll put that in quotes because they're really not, but they're liking the number that they see on the scale. Meanwhile, they're really miserable because they don't like having to spend an hour or more on the treadmill while basically eating in a starvation mode. They have no energy, but the weight on the scale makes them believe that they're doing the right thing or doing something beneficial for their health. What you'll notice at this point is some kind of fatigue, probably decreased performance in the gym, but you'll ignore that because the weight on the scale looks pretty good. But a few months down the road, you'll likely be at the same place you started. So why is that? How does that happen? Well, that's probably because you're just burnt out. You don't want to push yourself too hard right now. And then a week or a month from now, you're giving up already because your goals are just too outlandish or your workouts or whatever it was, was just so difficult. Like these first few steps should just be baby steps. A baby has to crawl before walking and walking comes before running. Most people, when they're about to start losing weight or gain some muscle, it's like a baby going straight to running. It's too much all at once. There's little baby steps you need to learn on the way. And it's the same thing here. This is why you need to pace yourself. Be patient with the whole process If you're not patient and try to do too much all at once, it could backfire. This has happened to me. Those are the days that actually cause me to get too tired. And honestly, it just increases your risk of injury working in this state of mind. Thankfully, I haven't gotten seriously injured doing this in the past, but even minor injuries and those minor setbacks that go along with that can add up over time. That's happened to me many times. I had this trap or this upper back issue that stuck around for a while. I've had elbow pain from doing too many or too much pushing movements like bench pressing and tricep work. I recently had a knee issue that prevented me from doing legs for a few weeks. I always get these constant reminders from my body that I've been doing too much. Now, older me, I mean, well, 
technically younger me, but back in the day, I mean, I would have pushed through these situations and probably caused more damage, but you just have to learn to fight another day, basically. Pace yourself, like I keep saying. The goal should be to maintain constant but small gains over time. You should be able to gradually increase the intensity and volume and maybe how long you're working out for if you have the time and you want to do that. You should be free to do what you want to do instead of just constantly running on the treadmill like a hamster on its wheel. This way, taking your time, you'll avoid plateaus and you'll continue to see progress throughout the whole year. You're able to develop those habits to make this sustainable for the long term, which should always be a part of your goal. I'm all about balance, and if you pace yourself, then you're giving yourself that balance between being physically active and resting enough, giving your body the time it needs to recover itself fully before jumping into some other workout. So before we dive into the topics for the week, All of what I just said has stood out to me lately. We're talking about being consistent and patient for long-term progress. I want everyone listening to reach their goals for this year. And rushing the process doesn't help anyone. It definitely doesn't help you if you're looking for quick fixes for those quick results. We all know this, but sometimes even I have the tendency to overreach when it comes to making progress in the gym, whether I'm trying to bulk faster or get shredded a little bit quicker. It just takes a little bit of patience and that discipline and dedication and to focus on the end goal. But still, take it a day at a time. It's something to remember. This week, my training has been a bit all over the place. Not a week where I pushed myself, honestly, but I still hit everything multiple times this week. So deadlift progression still going strong. Squat, uh, I backed off the weight a little bit there. Tried out the safety squat bar at the gym. I love having that option, so that's something that I was just practicing this week. On bench, I have to remember to not go so heavy because I'm supposed to be working in an 8-12 to rep range, so I slipped off there for a week. Got to constantly remind myself to go lighter so I can get more reps in. It's a constant struggle or battle there because I always just want to bench heavy. So I haven't done much this week, honestly, just been at work and played some games this week. This past week, an old-school classic of my childhood released one of their new games for free, Devil May Cry 5. I just remember playing Devil May Cry 3 or something like that back in the day. That was crazy. Like, the combat was so silly, and it really is, like, just a Deadpool kind of game in terms of the combat style. The cutscenes look pretty nice, but unrealistic, which is fine. But yeah, I started that because I'm now on this, like, silver tier of this like PlayStation plus just a way for Sony to make more money, you know? So I played that a bit this week. It's decent. I'm still finishing up crash bandicoot also. So just really taking it back to the childhood days. I even got kingdom hearts, which is another one old school, you know, I don't have much time to play games or maybe I just don't have the drive, I guess, or lack thereof in a way, but I just can't sit down and play games for like eight hours straight. Like I used to be able to, after like an hour uh, an hour or two, I just have to stop. Like my head starts hurting, my eye starts hurting. I'm just getting old, man. And I actually did end up going out this week. So I think it was, uh, oh, it was just yesterday. So Friday night, I got to see the boys for a little bit. We went bowling at uh, this place called Classic Bowl. And it was just four of us. Haven't seen them in a while, but it was good to catch up with the kids Uh, I went to Humberwood, most of them, so I've known them for, uh, oh man, almost 10 years now, or it will be 10 years this year, 
but we ended up going for bowling or to bowling, I guess you could say. And, uh, what time did we start? It was six 30. We were supposed to meet there. So I was there like six 30. One of my other buddies was there. Other two were late, but it was fortunate because there was an hour wait on a Friday night. There was like a bunch of bowling leagues going on. So we were just talking for an hour. And then when we finally got to start playing, I paid for our lane just like for an hour and the hour was almost up (laughs) and we were in the last frame. So my buddy's like, okay, I'll go add time. So he goes and adds 15 minutes. So I was like, okay, 15 minutes, I'll be out of here. I can sleep at a decent time. And then after that, one of my buddies, again, we're down to like our final like five minutes and then he goes, okay, I'm going to add time too. This guy added 45 minutes. So at this point, I'm like, okay, we're bowling for two hours. Like, this is ridiculous. We never do this, right? (laughs) And then we're almost done there. Literally a minute left. And I was like, okay, I'm getting ready to go home. Like, looking for my shoes to change. And like, where's my jacket at? And then my other buddy also added time. I figured he was going to add like 15 minutes. This guy added another half an hour. So I was at the bowling alley on a Friday night for like four hours. I didn't get home until like almost midnight, which was crazy, like 1130 or something. I was home. And like I said, man, I'm getting old and those late nights, that's just cutting into the sleep a little bit, you know? Anyways, last thing. Okay. Last of Us TV show. It's now out. I did mention it last week and the next episode will be out. So episode two, that's yesterday at the time when this gets released, but I'm recording this Saturday. So it's tomorrow for me. (laughs) But the first episode was really like a video game adaptation. Spoiler alert. They pulled a lot of games, uh, a lot of scenes from the game. Like that truck scene was pretty close to what happened in the game, even from the way it was shot. But It was still pretty interesting to see. I'm looking forward to the season. It'll only get better from here. I heard from the reviews that it's really the only, uh, it's really only the first episode where they did some of those shot for shot remakes straight from the game. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes. I also started watching that 90s show this week. I grew up watching that 70s show because it was on at like 11 or 1130 at night and I'd stay up to watch it probably after wrestling or something. But yeah, again, that brought back some uh, nostalgia. The first episode shared the same basic plot line as a 70s show episode, so that was pretty funny. It's obviously not better than the original, but it's bringing back those old school vibes. Question one, what supplements to take? Before I talk about the best supplements to take, because That's where our industry makes its money from. I'm always trying to get in vitamins, minerals, micro and macronutrients from real food. Food is the best way, period. So you should only take supplements after your dietary food intake is on point or at least work on improving that before fully just jumping into taking every supplement possible to overcome your diet's shortcomings. I feel like this is something that I always get hounded about at the start of the year. People are always looking to supplement in some kind of way. The reality is you need to handle the outside forces first. The, out, uh, the most important aspects are stress management, sleep, your workout efficiency, and especially your diet. Don't just think that taking some supplement is going to give you the results over doing all of those things properly, especially eating properly. That's going to give you more results than even the best supplements unless we're talking about injecting yourself with a little something something, you know, 
Okay, so at the top of the supplement list, the important one for most people is going to be protein powder. You could see some great results there if you're someone who doesn't eat enough of it already through whole foods, which is common in diets today. Protein helps to build and repair muscles, especially important if you work out. And if you have a vegan diet, which I'm seeing more and more of lately, so in that case, choose a good vegan protein powder. The powders make it really easy to consume a higher amount of protein throughout the day. Just blend it with some water or even some milk or something, and that could be an extra 20 to 40 grams of protein depending on how much you have at once. Can you have too much protein in one meal? That's pretty deba uh, debatable, but I think most people can tolerate around 50 or 60 grams of protein all at once. Probably a little bit more, I don't know. This will help when it comes to building muscles, improving bone health, maintaining a healthy body weight, and increased protein intake will also help with healthy skin, hair, and nails, which is usually an overlooked component of consuming protein. It's super convenient in the powder form. So if you're looking to increase your protein intake, that's definitely a way to go if you're not able to consume enough of it from real food. So next up, one of my favorites, and one that I need to be more consistent in taking, is creatine. Creatine is a big one, and it's the uh, most widely studied supplement out there. We're learning, uh, we're learning more about this one all the time, especially when it comes to certain brain benefits and effects, but it has been shown to build up more muscle and strength. So over time, this is one of those supplements that could help you, even if it might be just a small percentage, but it's one of the pr more proven ones. It's like a, it's been shown to have like a one to 4% increase in performance, but it does work. Other benefits include improved recovery time and performance, so you might see a slight uptick in those categories. It's good to take in 5 grams of creatine monohydrate a day, no need to load it, no need to use any of those other variations. Creatine mono is the one most backed by research. If you take it and notice some kind of gut issues or something, you could try lowering the dose daily, maybe to 3 or 4 grams total, and see how that works. Or you could just break up the five grams daily dose in two or three smaller doses per day. So you might find that helps with all of that. And uh, also increasing your water intake may also help with absorption or discomfort. And there's a common misconception there that has to do with bloat. That's false. But creatine will load up your muscles with more water, which is what helps make them grow. So you might notice that. Not really some kind of stomach bloat if you're not intolerant. Another effective one is caffeine, especially if you're someone who's not addicted to it right now. That's when you really feel the effects. This one's a stimulant, so I don't suggest taking it near bedtime just because it'll likely negatively affect your sleep. But in terms of positive benefits you might notice from it, I'm sure mostly everyone has experienced it before. Increased alertness, more energy, and it could actually improve physical performance. So you could see more strength and capability in the gym. You'll find this one in pretty much every pre-workout powder just because it's another one of those proven supplements or ingredients. But you just have to remember that there is an upper limit when it comes to this. You probably don't want to take in more than 600 or 700 milligrams. And if you consistently take it, you might not notice those same effects. Your body adapts to it and suppresses the effect. Most people know this subconsciously and try to combat that by taking more and more caffeine, more cups of coffee, and that could be dangerous. I have a few more supplements listed here. They're probably not in the top tier, 
Uh, I guess these next two maybe, but yeah. So first one I meant I'll mention are fish oils. This is even important if you don't eat enough fish throughout the week. This helps with anti-inflammatory purposes, heart, skin, joint, and brain health. I remember growing up always hearing that eating fish is good for the brain or brain food. Turns out that's actually true. It's good to look up optimal levels of EPA and DHA intake and figure out how much your supplement has to make sure you're getting the right levels because they're not all the same. They're not all made the same. It does require a bit of research. Figuring out which company doesn't force you to take like four horse pills at once to meet the requirement. All right. So next up, vitamin D. We're just going to fly through these. This is important if you're living up here in Canada, I swear. It's been months since I've even seen the sun, so this is important to take. I'm going to mention a multivitamin next, and if you are taking that, make sure to check how much vitamin D that has already, and then supplement the rest so that you're not taking in too much. But being deficient in vitamin D could lead to brain fog, mood changes in a negative way, and you could feel more depressed also, which is a growing issue. Vitamin D mainly comes from the sun, but... In the winter months, it's basically impossible to get your daily dose, so supplementing with it is a good idea. You can get some from food also, but the sun is the best source. The most important function for it, I believe, is for the mental health purposes. So, again, to reduce the risk of depression and increase overall mood. Besides that, it also helps with your immune system, bone, and cardiovascular health also. A good vitamin or a multivitamin is also a good idea if you're stubborn about eating vegetables. Even if not, it's just a good insurance method that you're at least getting some of those micronutrients. I always say to focus on getting in your real food first. Get what you can from real food, your macro and micronutrients, vitamins and minerals. How do you do that? You have a diverse diet with different foods and greens and all sorts of colors. This is what's going to make you healthier in the long run. It's not any magic supplement out there. They will help a little bit, but they won't make you superhuman. Only the hard work can do that for you. So make sure you handle the big pillars first before thinking about supplements. They're there to supplement alongside good healthy life habits, like dealing with stress, sleep, energy levels, working out, and the diet side of things. Question 2. Why being too strict can be detrimental? There's a lot of motivation when people start working out. And believe it or not, sometimes that could actually be a bit of a bad thing. You might start out and get a little ahead of yourself. One of the common problems I've seen is when it comes to being too strict when it comes to diet and exercise. Like, yes, diet and exercise is important, but it's not the end-all be-all. Once you have more experience here, you realize that it's all about balance you can't just go through life telling yourself you'll never, ever miss a day of the gym because if I miss the gym, then I'm a failure, blah, blah, blah. No, there are going to be those days that you schedule in to work out and that you'll miss some days. But it's understanding that that's going to happen and just moving on with your life. There's always tomorrow. No need to freak out. Balance is really the key when it comes to maintaining great health. I just talked to someone who said they could eat chicken breast, rice, and broccoli forever. I said, really think about that. He said he feels this way because he never wants to look like his old self ever again. And if your motivation is to work out uh, is coming from an unhealthy place, then it's not creating the right habits. I mean, think about how 
eating that way is going to affect other aspects of his life. That's going to affect others around him. If you're too crazy about sticking to the diet, sometimes you forget to live in the moment. Indulge in some of those foods once in a while, but to completely restrict yourself from eating sometimes is completely just unreasonable. Now, if you're going off the rails when you have a cheat day or whatever, that's also creating that unhealthy eating pattern. Even if that diet of chicken breast, broccoli, and rice did maintain the healthiest weight or the lightest weight this guy's been in for a while now, doesn't mean that you should just keep doing it because that's not the only solution. Luckily for him, that's caused him to be in a caloric deficit for such a long time now, so now that's all he knows. But in terms of outside health, besides appearance, his gut health isn't the most healthy because there's no diversity in there for it to thrive. Although sometimes he said he'll swap out for a steak and some salmon other times. I mean, that's all fine. But if you're staple, like he legit said breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that's what he eats, which was insane. But I mean, I've been in a similar place where I do chicken breast and rice and broccoli for lunch and dinners that lasted a few months, shamefully, until I told myself that there has to be another way to get to my goals without eating this bland ass food. The true typical bodybuilder meal we all go through. I thought I could eat that forever too, but you find out that other aspects get affected also. If you go out, uh, what are you going to eat? You might have an anxiety attack because you're going to go off the diet a tiny bit. Like, you're not going to lose all your gains in a day. It's hard enough to put on five pounds of real fat on your body in a whole week. That's roughly a 16,000 calorie surplus throughout the week. I'm not saying it's not possible to do that. It's just a crazy high number. And even though you are in that kind of a big surplus, that doesn't mean it all goes straight to body fat anyway. Okay, I'm getting a little bit off topic here, but you have to remember that being too strict could actually cause other issues, issues you might not have even thought of. This could be in terms of every category you can think of. I mean, think about a car going at full speed. Eventually, you're going to run that engine right into the ground. Longevity-wise, you'll crash and burn eventually if you're just all gas, no brakes, which is like the young person's mentality tendency, you know? I remember going through this, and I'm only saying all of this because I've been there, done that. I've done it myself, and I've seen it time and time again with clients who think that being so strict is the best way to getting to your goals faster, and sometimes that's just not the case. So if you're planning on working out four days a week this year, for example, don't be mad and upset if there's a week where you get busy and you can only work out two or three days that week. It's not the end of the world. That's something that you need to realize, and a lot of people do. We're just too hard on ourselves sometimes. Also, that might mean just because you can't get to the gym and block off an hour or 90 minutes of your day, that doesn't mean that just because you can't get to the gym, that means you just skip the workout altogether. That might mean doing some homework, maybe you're in the gym one or two or three times a week, but even on those off days, it's good to do a little bit of something. This is especially true if you have a desk job, if you're at home, or if you're doing a job that requires the same repetitive movements over and over again. I remember when I was working as a car cleaner back in the day, I was taking like 30 minutes during the middle of the day. My lunch was an hour there. I used to spend like 20 or 30 minutes during lunch stretching in this tiny little room they had at work. Uh, it had like a treadmill, an elliptical, and one of those Bowflex looking things and dumbbells up to 15 pounds with some push-up bars. 
It was a super small room that had barely any equipment, but it worked at the time. So when I knew it was going to be a busy day, just doing that and any time I had that was available to me, that helped me in terms of staying in shape without having to always commit to some gym goal I had for the week. That might mean some days I just do push-ups, do the lat pull-down kind of exercise there, some shoulder presses, where I'd work uh, more on higher rep and balance movements, that sort of thing. Some mobility work in there, that's a good 15 to 30 minute workout when it was more of a busy day. In terms of diet, again, balance is key. Eating super strict there could actually lead to negative health concerns, actually, believe it or not. Like a strict vegan diet without any research, you could find yourself pretty quickly to be in a deficit of some essential vitamins and minerals that you might not find in vegan foods. So do your research before doing something life-changing like changing to a super strict diet, whatever it is. Being obsessed with food and weight could lead to a bad eating pattern, disordered eating habits. I mean, I just talked about the guy who eats chicken breast, broccoli, and rice for three times a day or whatever, so that one's obvious. I don't know if you've heard of this term called orthorexia, This is a term that basically means you have an unhealthy focus on eating in a healthy way. This is like an obsessed way of thinking that could actually damage you both physically and mentally when it comes to your own uh, overall well-being. If you feel some kind of guilt going off, uh, going off of some diet that you're on, let's say, or if you think that eating certain foods are dangerous, like sugar, it's not going to kill you if you have it every once in a while. If the rest of your diet is pretty spot on, but there's always people doing no sugar diets for some reason. And I'm not saying they won't see progress, but it's just unreasonable to go through life having to eat everything with no sugar. Seriously, sugar is everywhere. And in moderation, it's perfectly healthy for you, especially fruit uh, sugar that comes from fruit. Like sometimes you just need to stop being so critical. Usually most people have the opposite problem. But I have seen a few people over the years who have this certain problem. I've even been a victim of this when I was doing my first cut years back. I had to strictly, or I thought, I had to strictly eat only the foods I made for myself, which, like I said earlier, usual dilemma. Chicken breast, broccoli, and rice for lunch every day. And this particular day, I went out to eat with family. It was a big family gathering. I only had salad because I was just so concerned about eating too much oil or fat content because I didn't know exactly what the restaurant used in order to make the foods. Trust me, man. I've been there, done that. You don't want your interf- uh, your diet to interfere with your real life, leading to feeling ashamed or just mad at yourself if you stray off the diet even just a little bit. In serious cases, you may need to speak to a therapist in order to get through it because this could create unnecessary stress in your life. And probably the last major point here when it comes to why being strict with your life could lead to negative consequences, this could lead to burnout, so just falling off completely as opposed to being on top of your health and fitness most of the time. It's not about following the healthy way of life 100% of the time, just most of the time. It makes it a lot easier to stick to. You don't hate yourself after one mistake. This has happened to me where I try to be so strict with my diet and exercise that it actually created some bad habits where I'd go out with family to a buffet, then not eat anything because I was cutting that year, whatever it was. I've seen this with clients also. Another reason, the real last reason why being too strict could be dangerous to your health. 
This could even lead to injury if you're overdoing exercise, let's say, and going forward or looking into the future, if you're overdoing it, that just means lack of progress. If you find that you're just not making progress in a certain way, sometimes you do have to let go of a few things. If your goal is to put on muscle, then put on muscle that requires you to eat in a maintenance at least, but a surplus of calories would be even better. Too many people are trying to gain muscle while being in a calorie deficit. I'm not saying it's impossible to do that, but it just makes it a lot harder. So you have conflicting goals there. It's like you're just running in a circle. Basically, you're going nowhere. You have to not be so strict on a diet sometimes. Let yourself go a little bit. If you're someone who's who uh, identifies with having some kind of orthorexia, figure out your goals. Make sure they align with one another. Workout training should be going in different phases throughout the year. Maybe bulking or a slight surplus from now to March would be smart while spending some springtime and the summertime to cut for the year if that's what you're into. Figure out a long-term plan and just trust the process with all of that. You have to find some sort of balance. That's something I preach about a lot. Find a balance that works for you. You should have some flexibility because you need to work out, but also, you need to be open to enjoying time and food with family and friends, enjoying those moments. This is what's best for overall physical and mental health and well-being. We're always thinking long-term when it comes to being more healthy, so that's something to remember for this year, all right? And that concludes episode 112 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.